Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at Remax Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. I'm Amy Schumer, or as they know me in Hollywood, Melissa McCarthy said no. Now, I'm not just here tonight as a model, but, but as a mother. Not bad for a year, right? Not bad. It's been two. Closer to three. We're at the Oscars. I mean, this is it. This is a dream come true. I can't even believe it. The only place I could think of that could be better than this is home. Right? Oh, home is the best, right? All my pills are there, but, you know. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to After 9. A brand new week is underway, and it's a special day. Dave Blizzard is going to jump in in a few and talk to us. And when I went to bed last night, when I thought, all right, we can shut her down Sunday night, Cat's watching the Oscars, I don't have to do anything here, tomorrow morning we'll be talking about $10 a day childcare and a little bit about the Oscars. I honestly thought that $10 a day childcare was going to be the biggest story today, and then... You got slapped in the face, son! Boom! <laughs> Just like that! What in the wow. actual? What in the actual? Fuck? Okay, okay. I don't even know. Do we start with Will Smith or can I just say? Can we just talk about the Oscars in general just for a second? Because when they first announced three hosts, um, the three women that are doing it, I thought, okay, they're all very funny. I don't know what that's going to look like together. Are they separating? Or they? Did- so they did a little bit of everything, which I kind of like. In the beginning, they were all out there joking together. I thought that it was very well done. I thought it was very funny. Um, and then they went their separate ways too throughout the show. Amy did her own thing at one point. Regina did her own thing, which. By the way, is it, is it like a bubble of its own controversy? What Regina Hall did at one point, the pat down, right? Where she's, oh, I have to pat down you sexy men because the the question on Twitter was, come on, what if this was the other way around? You wouldn't see a male host trying to pat down women. That would be inappropriate, but it's okay for her to do it. So then there was that whole. Yes, I'm not it is even, okay for her to do yeah, it. Yeah, like I'm not even going to get into that because like we have other shit going on right now. But uh, there was that happening. But I, anyway, overall, I thought it was actually an entertaining show. And I am pretty critical of award shows in general, especially of the Oscars. We know it's a little more of a dry show. Not this year. Not this year at all. So where do I begin here? Well, I do want to say, because you brought it up, the the bit that Regina Hall did. Regina Hall, is that her name? Regina Hall, yeah. Yeah. When she did that, I think she was just going for thirsty cougar, looking for hot guys, and many, many, many people can relate to that. Uh, I'm pretty sure the guys were either given a heads up or were okay with it in some way. None of them are complaining right now. And she did say she wanted Will Smith to come up on stage. Maybe that's where the agitation that aggravated Will Smith to slap Chris Rock began. Whoa, are we blaming Regina No, I'm just saying that that could be an extra little block on top of the Jenga pile. Because Will Smith snapped. 
Yeah, he uh, he was he was seemed to be laughing and having a good time in the beginning. So backstory here, I want to play. Do we have from 2016? Do we have that available? I believe we do. So it's not the first time that that Chris Rock has said something about Jada Pickett Smith. So there is a little bit of history here, and for some reason, he likes to target her. Them as a couple, fine. And from what we could tell, they were like friends, and it was just a comedian being a comedian and saying funny things. But I want to take you back to 2016 first, when Chris was the host of the show. Jada and Will were among those stars that are boycotting it. And if I'm not mistaken, was that Oscars Too White? Was that at that point when Oscars Too White and that was the reason for the boycott? I think so. I think that was back then. Yeah. Okay. So this is a bit of what Chris Rock was saying about them. Spike got mad and Sharpton got mad and Jada went mad and Will went mad. Everybody went mad. You know, it's quite like Jada got mad. Jada says she's not coming. Protesting, I'm like, is she on a TV show? Jada's going to boycott the Oscars. Jada boycotting the Oscars is like me boycotting Rihanna's panties. (laughs) I wasn't invited. (laughs) So there's a little bit of it, right? And and whether or not that has anything to do with it, I don't know. But he has joked with her about her many a time. But what he said uh, last night, here's the problem with it. And I'll give you the backstory before we play what went down. What happened on the broadcast was they played what happened. I mean, you saw what happened, but you couldn't hear it. They actually decided to censor a lot of it. So we have the uncensored version of what went down during the actual broadcast. But previous to this, you should know Jada Pinkett Smith was open and told her fans she suffers from alopecia. Alopecia is a medical condition you, that includes hair loss. And she's been very insecure about it. More recently decided she's going to do her best to um, be big body confident and maybe wear, have no hair and, and not try to wear a wig or not try to cover it up and not try to do things and just live with it like so many people around the world do. So that's what really struck a nerve with Jada and obviously with Will. So here's what happened. Jada, I love you. G.I. Jane 2, can't wait to see it. All right? <laughs> it's, that, was a, that was a nice one. Okay. I'm out here. So he gets Uh-oh. up. He Richard. gets up. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. He's my wife's name out your mouth. Wow, dude. Yeah. It was a G.I. Jane joke. Keep my wife's name out your mouth. I'm going to, okay? Wow. Uh, Dave Blizzard jumps in here and joins us. Did you see it live or did you just get the Coles notes this morning? I got it late last night. So I was on the road until probably about 1130 last night. And then when I came in the house, I got the, did you see the internet explode? I said, no, what do you mean? Uh, And then I had to follow through with the timeline and go, wait, whoa, what happened? And yeah, so I got caught up on everything. I didn't actually see it live though. Instant reaction. Uh, It was, whoa. Uh, My first thought was, was this staged? Mm -hmm. A Um, lot of people are thinking that. Sure. Yeah. And, And then after you started kind of digging in a little more and you go, oh, okay, no, no, maybe it wasn't. Uh, and and then seeing different angles of it. Uh, and then I went, no, this was definitely not staged. Kat, are you in agreement on that? This was not a publicity stunt to no. try and get people talking about the Oscars or anything like that. No, not at all. I think this is really somebody who came a little bit unglued. Uh, and everyone has a differing opinion. Some people believe that he, he did the right thing. Um, but this is someone who obviously, nope, that struck a nerve and it wasn't okay. And he decided in that moment, this is what I'm going to do about it. 
Mm-hmm. Isn't it wild that there's so many people who have decided to draw the lines based on who they like? It kind and of, that's it? Yeah, well, I mean, it kind of yeah. is that way. And, and that's kind of the way we in part phrased it this morning when we were asking people on social media about it is, you know, whose team are you on? But made it kind of vague. Not, hey, do you agree with Will? Do you agree with Chris? Do you agree with Jada even? Do you agree with the Academy, for example? But you do get all kinds of different answers when you ask that question. And some people just... It's been honestly answers from all over the place. There's some people who side with Will that say someone talks shit about my partner in front of millions of people, basically about a medical condition. You bet your ass I'm getting up there and I'm slapping them across the face. Other people say violence is, and I think it should be clear that violence is never supposed to be the answer, but that's not really what I got. Honestly, a lot of people who agree with Will Smith say violence in this case was needed. I don't know if I, again, if I agree with that, but then there's other people who say, yeah, and, and definitely Chris Rock shouldn't have joked like that. Like it's one thing to try to be funny and poke fun at people. But when you're talking about like a medical condition that obviously there's, is that fair, right? Is it fair to joke to somebody about that? It's one thing if you joke about their outfit or something they choose, this is not something she's chosen. So is there a line there? And some people would say, oh, all is fair in comedy. Others would say no. Uh, Some people think it's the Academy that should have kicked Will out. But he, moments after this, by the way, won an Oscar. I mean, he was up for an Oscar and that's why he had that great spot. He had a great spot. Really clear, really clear view of Chris Rock and his face. And uh, he took his shot. But honestly, we got answers from all over the place. I, uh, boy, I'm really conflicted on this. And it is tough because I, like many of you, grew up watching Chris Rock comedy specials and Will Smith TV shows and movies. And I like them both. I think there's probably blame to go around here for sure. When it comes to Will Smith snapping like that yesterday... I agree that no, it should never come to violence, but one thing I will say is that if somebody is being mean to my girl, to my partner, if they're being um, unnecessarily mean by targeting a medical condition, I'd like to think that I would stand up for my girl in that case. Would I just walk across the stage and lay a slap across their face? No, I don't have the balls to do that unless Dave's right behind me. That's what I was going to say. (laughs) That's usually how it goes, isn't it? Scott's words get very, very loud when he realizes I'm standing beside or behind him. Oh, you do want? Oh, it's Dave here? Oh, yeah? You want to go? Yeah, really? You want to go? Yeah. And it's like, oh, here we go. (laughs) No, but I mean, I think that for a lot of people, it's built in. It's almost instinctive to want to stand up for your partner. And I do think that Will gets a little bit of credit from some people for being the guy who wasn't going to take it just sitting there while some guy is again taking shots at your wife. I get that. I don't even know if Will knew what he was going to do when he got out of his chair. I feel like he just thought, I got to do something. And not lost on me here is after the initial joke, Will was smiling. Jada did not look happy at all after that joke. And that's when I think Will realized, shit, she's hurt. She's upset by this. That This uh, affected her. I got to do something. I got to stand up for my wife. In a lot of cases, people would find that admirable. Taking it to the level he did, I... I don't think he should have done that. There was probably other ways to do it. I mean, he is... He does get support from some people. Others are very critical of how Will did this. Let me ask you, would it be different if Will had just stood up and said, keep my wife's name out of your mouth and ended it right there? Or did the slap need to happen 
to show how serious he is about Chris Rock better shut up and stop talking about his wife. I don't Uh, know the answer to that. I'm going to try to answer it as best as I can. I'll go back to what Kat was saying there for a second. And uh, when most people online are saying, well, you know, I I support Will or well, I would have done the same thing. Well, most people make wrong decisions just about every single day. Uh, And we've seen that (laughs) displayed all the time. It to me, there was a lot of wrong that went. Uh, through this entire situation that was a terrible joke first of all uh just not even a funny joke why is there a gi jane joke in 2022 like first of all that's just that was not a chris rock's best material (laughs) no it wasn't it wasn't good material um and i think will did the hollywood thing where you (laughs) smile and smile and chuckle and and take the he's gonna move on yeah Yeah, he's gonna move on jada was really bothered by it and and listen she didn't ask to be a target. This wasn't the roast of Jada Pinkett Smith. So, you know, I get that those award shows, they'll, they'll have some fun with the audience. She clearly did not feel that that was in good jest and in good nature. And I, I don't know. That's the kind of thing that maybe you do run by a person beforehand. I know it kind of ruins the moment of comedy, but nobody else needs to know that. This is Hollywood. Um, and then obviously Will getting up and getting into Chris's face. The slap was just like that's like the wrong thing to do in any situation is we're, we're taught as children you use your words not your hands um so this whole oh it's chivalry and, and all that no, it's it's not it's not it's not chivalry um you, there are ways to deal with it and better ways to deal with it and then there's the other thing to throw on top of it where it, the, you've got people watching um there's going to be millions of people watching this and then millions upon millions more watching it on social media um we have uh responsibilities as adults and then as public figures to um like will smith and chris rock to put their best foot forward in public as well i don't think that this is a good example of how to deal with something and i think he's going to feel that after the fact and his moment was ruined uh it's funny because they kept saying that denzel washington uh was the first person to grab will and try to talk him down and then he gave him that advice uh and he mentioned him during his acceptance speech so all of that wrapped together it's like this moment was ruined. This this what could have been a beautiful moment for Will ended up now being completely overshadowed. You actually were covering that this morning on our FM radio show, Cat, talking about what happened there when it went to break. Because people watching on TV, like you said, didn't see the whole thing. And you certainly didn't see what happened during the break. I thought it was interesting what you were talking about, who the first people to go to Will were when this happened. Yeah, so the very first person was Denzel Washington. The other person was Bradley Cooper. And they had him kind of... They got up from his, he got up from his seat at the time and they kind of it seemed as though they were kind of consoling him in a way because he apparently started to cry a little bit. So he was obviously that's a lot of emotions. He obviously went through a lot of shit and probably just realized, wow, that was on television. And I just I slapped a guy that's going to be everywhere. And I'm, I'm about to be up for this Oscar. And I'm sure it was very overwhelming for him. But Denzel was comforting him. Tyler Perry even stood up and gave him like a motion to kind of just like brush it off, you know, carry on with the show. Hopefully win your award. Uh, it'll be okay. Whatever. That kind of thing. And so they all consoled him. He sat back down. His rep ran over, I'm guessing, to obviously check on him and make sure everything was okay. And he wanted to carry on and still sit there. But of course he did because he was up for the Oscar, which, like Dave said, I mean, he ended up he ended up winning. And here's a bit of his acceptance speech because he did touch on it a bit. And a lot of people are wondering why leave an, a very important apology out. I want to be a vessel for love. I want to say thank you to Venus and Serena and the Tyre Williams family for entrusting me with your story. That's what I want to do. I want to be an ambassador of that kind of love. 
I want to apologize to the Academy. I want to apologize to my, all my fellow nominees. This is a beautiful moment. Art imitates life. I look like the crazy father, just like they said. <laughs> I look like crazy father, just like they said about Richard Williams. Thank you. Uh, uh, Hoking Academy invites me back. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know, dude. If that had been a lot of other celebrities, they would have been tackled by security. If Kanye had run up on stage and slapped somebody, there would have been 10 people carrying him out of the theater right up the middle row. Do you think so? I think so. Oh, I, I think you're right. Yep, I think you're right. Will Smith has garnered enough goodwill, pardon the pun, uh-huh. but uh, in Hollywood that, that everyone kind of let... How, how often can you walk up to somebody, slap them in the face, and then turn back around and sit down in your seat? Like, where can you do that? Nowhere. It doesn't happen. One other thing I want to do is, because we haven't talked about this yet from Chris Rock's perspective. I want to play it again, what happened, because I think we can zero in on the exact millisecond when he realized, oh, shit, that just happened. Listen again. Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. He took my name out your mouth. Wow, dude. That's when I think he realized, shit, I mean, he just slapped me and now he's screaming. This is real. This is actually happening. Yeah. It was a G.I. Jane jump. Keep my wife's name out your mouth. I'm going to, okay? I don't think he could have done anything differently under the circumstances. I think Chris Rock handled that about as well as it could be handled. Short of not making the joke about Jada in the first place. Uh, LAPD, by the way, did say that he refused to file any charges against Will Smith that evening. It doesn't mean he can't go back and sue Will Smith later. It doesn't mean any number of things that could happen. But he realizes, oh, shit, you know, I'm not going to I'm not going to press charges. So we don't know if the two have talked. I don't know if they need to or if either of them even want to. But I... I mean, you're right. You could hear that moment where, and it was so awkward after that. So awkward after that for everybody. Well, there was a couple of people that acknowledged it in a fun way. Uh, Diddy, Sean Combs, and Amy Schumer both referenced it. We'll play both of these back to back because they're great. Will and Chris, we're going to solve that like family at the gold party. Okay. Actually, that's a pretty good idea. I'd kind of like to think that there's somebody like Diddy officiating and saying, you two, Figure this shit out right now, and we're going to come out of here unified. That might have been cool. Here's Amy Schumer. I've been getting out of that Spider-Man costume. Did I miss anything? (laughs) There's like, there's like a different vibe in here. Well, probably not. Well, anyway, <laughs> that her performance was so fucking good. Yeah. Amy Schumer is always good. And I was a little worried that because it was the Oscars and it's an older, likely more pretentious audience that she would be less Amy Schumer. She was a little less. It wasn't as hardcore as some of her stand up, but she was still Amy Schumer and she was funny as shit. She rolled, if you will, she rolled with the punches. And I think that that's, that was awesome to see. One of the things that I say all the time, and Dave, you'll probably be in agreement on this, is they got to stop bringing in non-hosts to try and host things. Like, oh yeah, I get maybe uh, Cardi B is the most famous person in the world right now. It doesn't mean she's going to be a good host for an award show. You need hosts to host and singers to sing and actors to act. And there's some who can cross over. Great. 
Will Smith, ironically, is probably one of those ones that can. But I'm glad they brought in an Amy Schumer who didn't need to have lines scripted that could roll with the punches. And that's not to take away from Wanda Sykes or Regina Hall because they were both great, too. But let's keep in mind, Regina started some controversy there with her little pat down over COVID. Did you have a problem with it? Did it objectify men to the point where you were angry or did you appreciate that as the joke that it was intended to be? Well, it's funny. I was actually watching it with my husband and I did turn to him in the moment it was happening. And I said, so what if this was a guy doing this? He's like, yeah, this is horseshit. And he wasn't a fan of it. He's like, this is horseshit because you could never get away with it the other way around. So how is it okay? you know, for, for that. And I mean, I don't know the answer to that. And it's a very complex question. Why is it okay in one way? And some people would say it's not, no matter what. I personally wouldn't go that way, go that route, but I'm not Regina Hall and I wasn't invited to host the Oscars, but that's definitely not what I would do. Dave, was that outrageous for her to do that, to pat these sexy guys down and tell them, well, we got to take you in the back and do a special COVID test. Come with me. Was that offside or is that just not okay in 2022? I think it's both. Uh, I don't want to fence it on this, but I, I think it in 2022, the the reaction to things becomes, um, it, well, wait a second. Well, we have to dismiss everything that's been said on the other side where, OK, well, this wouldn't be fair if it was the other way around. And then now it's like we have to demean the, um, you know, the politically correct or demean the way that people have changed and evolved a little bit in how they behave. Um, it's like, Oh, that was stupid. Why did we bother doing all that? It's like people went along for the ride when things started to change, but they didn't agree with it. So now any chance that they get to say, well, that's not fair. That's not fair. See, that's wrong. It's like they, they jump on it. I've seen more people talking about that than the joke. Yeah. The, 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 the conversations devolved into that now. Yeah, I, I just thought that it was, if everybody was okay with it and it was meant to be a, a lighthearted thing, it was almost like a, a, a side character that she was creating in herself as the host. I personally had no problem with that. And I thought the guys that did go up there, they got four good looking guys to do it. I thought they were great sports about it and everything went well. And I'm, I'm not surprised there's controversy over it. I just don't think that she should take a ton of flack for this. But before we wrap up this segment, let's just give you a little bit of the three hosts last night. And I think that's important because there was a lot of pressure on the Oscars to do something different. The ratings were fucking terrible last year, and there was no reason to think they were going to be any better this year. They were told, you guys need to be more inclusive. You need to be more representative of different populations and such. You guys need to be funnier. You need to get this show moving. And I thought they did a pretty good job at addressing every one of the main critiques last night with the changes they made. If the Oscars were poorly rated last night, I don't think it's for lack of trying. And the three girls they chose to host, great choices. We are here at the Oscars. Yes. Where movie lovers unite and watch TV. Mm. (laughs) This year, the Academy hired three women to host because it's cheaper than hiring one man. You know, uh, there was a lot of snubs this year. Yeah. Yeah, Rachel Zegler for West Side Story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Jennifer Hudson for Respect. Yep. And Lady Gaga and Jared Leto for House of Random Accents. You know, I was very disappointed that Space Jam 2 did not get nominated in the special effects category for that hairline they gave LeBron James. Oh, my God, amazing. It was really good. It was really good. 
the the best joke of the night, I thought, and it didn't even make it into the highlight package, was when they said, and coming up in tonight's in memoriam section, the Golden Globes. Yeah. <laughs> Great. I mean, go ahead. Take shots at your competition like that. That's fun. Can I just say, too, I really like the chill vibe. And I don't know if they did that because of COVID. I don't even think they did because it wasn't like you needed masks or vax or anything this year to be there. But it did look more normal. But I like the chill vibe. It was a, more of a loungy feel, right? Usually it's like the seat. they're all seated together like you're at a you know, at a concert or something. And it's kind of awkward. It looks like it's awkward for them anyway, especially when they're in nice dresses and suits. I love that chill vibe setup that they had going on there. You had a table, you kind of all sat around a table, but it was like, uh, it was like loungy. I do enjoy that because it is kind of Golden Globe reminiscent. And we all know the Globes are dead. I mean, it's absolutely true. So why can't the Oscars just try to take from that pool and add some, to add some things in? Now we all know though, Here's the thing is with whatever happens next year, we all know what the jokes are going to be about next year. Yep. <laughs> it's about what happened this year and every other award show that follows. Tonight, stand-up comedy and every single comedian tonight on Late Night Talk Show is working. And that's a big deal because over the last couple of weeks, people have been off. They're off here and there and there. Well, I think that they probably have spring ratings. That's why. But they're all working tonight. And boy, this is going to be interesting to hear all of their, uh, all their jokes and what angles they take on it. I'm excited to hear it. I I just uh, I hope it doesn't go all the way to the other extreme, though, with the seating arrangements. And it turns into like a hipster coffee house where there's just couches all over the place (laughs) and people all just staring at the stage from their couch. So I like yeah, I like the middle ground where they are right now with with everyone kind of sitting at the tables. And that's kind of a fun game, too. Right. People watch and go, who's sitting with who? And it's a it's a big deal. Oh, look at that person with that person. And then they mingle in between. And those uh, those bumper shots that they do coming in and out of commercial breaks, they'll show like celebrities mingling and talking to each other when they were in the theater before they didn't get a chance to do that. So it's kind of cool. I'm happy with the middle ground, I guess. Just a couple quick questions before we move on. Who does Will Smith owe an apology to more? Chris Rock or Jada, his wife? Hmm. Well, I'll tell you one thing. Jada's not pissed. Um, One thing that I didn't mention here, and it's another thing that we know, is that they did both attend the after party. Uh, He was holding his trophy the whole time, smiling. The two were dancing together, having a great time, like nothing happened at all. So if you're wondering, because we never really talked about how Jada feels about all of this. Um, If you're wondering, she's probably fine. Also, their son, uh, Jaden, tweeted out, that's how we do it. So I think the family's in unison here. I, I think I can't really speak for them, of course, but I think that I can venture a guess that everyone's cool with it. Cat, we need you to be their official spokesperson, I would like to be the official Smith family spokesperson. That would be amazing. Um, Yeah, right. You want that job today? (laughs) Not today. Yeah, no, I got shit to do. Maybe next week. I got shit to do. It can start tomorrow. Hopefully this dies down by the time she gives her notice here. Yeah, oh my gosh. Uh, But I I, I do, I mean, people found it interesting that he didn't apologize to Chris in the speech, but did he need to? I mean, that's a good question. But again, there's, when, you can't say that. Like, I can't, you can't clearly tell me who I should apologize to when you don't know the full story. So I could do something and you see what you see and we've seen what we see. I told you there's history there and there could be way, way, way more to it that they're not going to bring up last night. He's not going to bring it up during during his acceptance speech, but it could have been a, a thing where Will said to Chris, keep my wife's name out your mouth before this even happened. That could have been a conversation they had after the 2016 Oscars. We don't know this information. So maybe he truly doesn't deserve, okay, maybe for being slapped, maybe okay. People would say, maybe you should say sorry for that. But do they need to kiss and make up? By the way, hot take from me, probably not. Let it be. Some people don't need to be friends. Like people have been, that's the other thing that I saw a lot of after like, let's get Oprah in on this or let's get, you know, let's get them to sit down with this person and chat. Why? You know what? Some people just don't like each other. 
And I think that that's okay. Why do we feel this need to like bring people back together? Let it be done. If they're going to be at an event you're going to be at, ignore each other. Do your best. Hopefully you can each do that. Go your separate ways. You don't need to try to kiss and make up and be best friends. It doesn't need to happen. Dave, does Will owe Jada an apology? And the reason I'm asking is because I feel like if I had created that scene, I would owe my girl an apology if I had done what Will did. But it seems like they're on the same page. Does he owe her an apology or does he owe Chris the apology first? Uh, well, I think at the end of the day, with how you approach this, you're going to try to try to keep it as generic as possible. But with this situation, I think it's more of a conversation than an apology, because it sounds like they were on the same page from the start. But maybe it's a conversation about, you know, this probably wasn't the best way to handle the situation. Is it an apology for embarrassing her? I imagine that if he did apologize, she probably said, there's no need to apologize. Don't apologize. (laughs) Does this start a conversation is what I was wondering, too, between celebrities who are A-list celebrities, you know, A-list couples like them. Did that prompt a conversation between others? Like, okay, so so what do we do? If a comedian is is watching us or we're at an award show and they say that, would you like me to punch someone? Would you like me to slap them? Would you like me to stand up for you? Maybe that's a conversation that when you're in that position needs to be had so that you're clear. What would you want? I'm curious. You and your husband are at, uh, say, the Top Choice Awards and I'm on stage and I make an inappropriate joke about that bruise on your forehead. (laughs) I know. I bumped my head on the dresser. Anyway. um, Husband been working out again? (laughs) 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 Those abs are rock hard. Fuck, that's quite the bruise. So let's say I made that joke. Should I be looking out? Yeah, I think um, I... if, okay, so let's say he really lost his temper. I mean, first of all, this is something you probably know about your spouse, if they have a temper or not. And I think Will Smith has a temper. Interesting, okay. Maybe, yep. right? Mm-hmm. So this is something you probably know you're married for them for a long period of time. But I, 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 it depends on what they say. I suppose it depends on what they said. I, I Again, I, I do think violence is never the answer. It's not like it... For some, it's, I don't know. I don't know how I would react, honestly. It all depends on how it went down. Okay, so Dave, you're actually leaving for Vegas in a few hours. You're in the the MGM Grand and you're watching a stand-up comedian and he decides to target your wife. At any point, does it cross your mind? I better stand up and go and show this guy some respect. If it got way out of control, I could see myself standing up and saying, this is your last warning. Move on. Really? Yeah. uh, Maybe that's what Will Smith should have done. Maybe he should have said something but not actually gone right up on stage and dropped that slap. Yeah, like I... uh, it was so fast and so heated in the moment, right? Imagine if he had went up and said, because Will, Will's a funny guy. Will's an actor, right? Will's, Will's done comedy. And, and I, I don't know if, if I was Chris Rock and Will Smith came up to me and said, all right, that's your last chance or that's the last one you get in. There's no more of this. Um, I, I don't know if Chris Rock takes that as a, you're right, I'm going to stop. Or if he goes, this is an opportunity to make a bit even bigger. Mm. Because at that point, he doesn't know if Will's in on it or not. So, it, I mean, I thought about that. What would it be if they went a different direction with it? And Will went up and said, hey, man, last chance. It, you better drop it now or this is going to get bad. Um, I don't know how that would go simply because I don't know what Chris's reaction would have been. Would he have just ramped it up? Because that's what a comedian like him does. If you get some great material in your hand at that moment, you, you try to run with it. I- or does he just drop it and go, you're right. I'm going to stop. Let's move on and talk about documentaries. <laughs> I, uh, I do think that Chris was right to not press charges. Him and Will can sort that out if they choose to sort yeah. it out, or maybe they don't have to sort it out. But it's not like Chris Rock needs any of Will Smith's money. 
It's not like he really wants to see him suffer with a criminal record for the rest of his life, even though the assault was seen by millions around the world, probably billions by the time the social media gets factored in. He did that well. I don't know what Chris's next step is, but I imagine it's probably going to be very well televised and rated. No kidding. Maybe right? he's going to appear on one of the late night shows or something. Yeah, he could do the late night circuit. He could do a sit down with Oprah. In fact, I believe he has in the past done a sit down with Oprah. Um, Oprah just comes to mind. I mean, it could be anybody, really. But I have a feeling the next time we see Chris Rock in public, he's going to be getting a lot of attention for mm-hmm. whatever it is that he does. Isn't there there's a, if I can just wrap this up with two f- feelings about social media, because I think it was a total example of what good it can be and what terrible it can be last night after this all happened because there's that instant reaction there was two jokes and uh, first of all there was a ton of terrible takes and just awful jokes and stupid stuff sure but then i saw one that was like chris rocks comedy slaps (laughs) and 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 i was just like (laughs) all right you're getting me back i just what i was about to turn off twitter and say forget it i'm not reading any more of this i was like all right give me one more and then i found another one that said uh uh, breaking news, Chris Rock has been added to to the next in memoriam section coming up later on in the show. And I was like, no, all right, OK, yeah. so there's a couple couple decent ones in here. Hey, Dave, but it, it, it's just both. Yeah. Hey, Dave, what does Chris Rock have in his face? Uh Oh, what? Fresh Prince. <laughs> I thought she was going to piss her pants this morning when she made herself laugh at that joke. It's great. It was really it's not bad. Good. That's pretty good. <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, you know, it's weird when you do a radio show, you go to bed early and you kind of have an idea before you go to bed of what you're going to be talking about the next day. When I went to bed last night, I thought, okay, Canada's going to the World Cup. First time since 1986. This is fucking huge. And I thought, wow, Doug Ford and Justin Trudeau are coming out Monday morning to announce there's finally a deal. $10 a day childcare in Ontario. That's our big story. And then there's so many other things. They finally broke ground on another new subway line in Toronto. And this is a big one. It goes from Ontario Place uh, along the Gardner Lakeshore area and then shoots up the DVP towards the Science Center. It's going to connect with 40 other transit hubs, including subways, streetcars and go trains. I mean, there's a lot of reason to be excited about that. Steve Del Duca came out on Saturday and unveiled some key parts of the Liberal platform for the June election. A lot of people are thinking, ah, I can't vote for that guy. I don't like the look of him. Hmm. All right, well, here's what he's putting on the table. A $16 an hour minimum wage that will increase, depending on where in Ontario you live, to a livable wage. And then he is going to bring back his equal pay for equal work provisions and create a four-day work week. And I thought, holy shit, these are all things that they're going to occupy the whole conversation tomorrow. No. All of it overshadowed <laughs> by Will Smith smacking no. Chris Rock. No. All of it. Yeah. Well, let's do a quick dive as much as we can here because I know we're already getting long, but this is a historic day in Ontario. And I'm going to tell you why. There are a lot of people who are paying insane amounts of money 
for child care to the point where there's people who have figured out it would actually be better for them to not work and stay home with their kids than it would be to go to work and have their kids in daycare. And when we have a labor shortage, when we have so many women facing so many barriers to getting into the workforce and to excelling in their career choice, except daycare is holding them back because the cost is so crazy. When we get to a point where we're at now, where we'll have $10 a day childcare in Ontario, that's pretty epic. This is really a game changer. And while I don't give Justin Trudeau credit for much, and I haven't given Doug Ford credit for anything really lately. Fuck you, Doug! <laughs> I do think that they deserve some credit for making this happen. Now, it's not going to be cheap. $10.2 billion deal. And maybe you're wondering, because I know there's some people that are criticizing, well, why did it take so long? Why is Ontario the last province to get a deal done? Well, it's very simple. Ontario was a little bit ahead of the curve. And, well, I'll keep giving out credit that I don't usually hand out. That goes back to the previous Ontario Liberal government who did give uh, young kids the opportunity. Is it all day JK or is it all day kindergarten? Yeah, all day kindergarten, which is JK. Okay, so these kids are already getting some of the child care years in school and Ontario's already spending on it. So when the government says they're going to subsidize it to make it $10 a day child care, they also had to factor in that year of early childhood education because we send kids to school sooner than a lot of places do. Mm -hmm. So that needs to be part of the equation. Good on Doug Ford for standing up and saying, wait a second, we're not taking a deal until it's the right deal. Apparently, the money that the government put on the table, this is the federal government, put out there initially wouldn't have brought it down to $10 a day. It would have been more than that, which would have been a misleading thing. And we all know that Justin Trudeau is famous for promising things and then not actually doing them. He's an announcements guy. So now it's in writing. We've got it on paper. We're going to have $10 a day child care. By the end of 2026... That's a long way off. Yeah, it is. But there's still some. Well, I mean, if you've got a young kid well, now, these that's, are people that aren't even pregnant yet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, it's crazy. Yeah. No, like, you're think right. about you're that way. It's true. Right. Yeah, it's true. So your what, future kids yeah, will be taken like, care of. Okay. <laughs> so the uh, the promise in the short term is your costs should be cut roughly in half by the end of this year, and eventually by the end of 2026, it'll come down to ten dollars a day. Okay, well, and I'll tell you that if you cut that in half, that is a big savings for a lot of family. That goes a long, long way. And for those who are unsure about how much it can cost, I mean, think about if you have two kids in care. That's insane. It's about, it could be about anywhere between, and I know there's subsidized care, but it it could cost out of pocket families anywhere between, and depending where you live, anywhere between like a thousand bucks a month to 14,000, or thousand, sorry. Um, Yeah, uh, $1,200, sorry, ish, let's say on average a month. That's a lot of money. Huge. It's a- so if you cut that in half, that is like, that's massive for families. Yeah. And then yep. if you factor in obviously twins or, or kids, that's why a lot of people honestly change their entire family dynamic because of how expensive childcare is. Mm-hmm. I cannot afford to have two kids in care. I need to wait till one's in JK. Then I can have that other kid be in childcare or else I can't go back to work. And then I have to choose to stay home. And like you said, it's usually the woman who has to make that choice. Unfortunately, yeah, that's the way it happens a lot. Uh, Dave, this is a historic day. I know that your daughter's a little bit older now, but you definitely had to pay those crazy childcare bills too. 
they were very expensive. Very, very, mm -hmm. very expensive. I thought that maybe this deal wasn't going through because Doug was trying to throw something extra in, like, oh, everybody gets a free breakfast sandwich. Um, <laughs> stop at your local Tim's on the way to drop the kids off in the morning. You know, <laughs> try that. But it won't be actual bagel. cash, folks. We're just going to give you the points, and we'll pay Tim's for the points, you know? <laughs> you know what you'll get? You got a mobile order, uh, though. Yeah, instead of subsidized childcare, you're going to get a discount on Skull Candy headphones. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the other part of it, is every kid winner. does get Skull Candy headphones. Everyone's it's, a winner. It's lovely. It's lovely. <laughs> um, you know, not lost on me here is this is not the great news for everybody that, that we're celebrating it as. And I do really do think that this is good news. But there are a lot of people. When this conversation happens today, because it'll be announced anytime now, if they're not already announcing it, it'll be in the next couple hours. There's going to be a lot of people that are asking questions like, why should I pay because you decided to have kids? There's going to be a lot of people that say, I had to pay for daycare for my kids. Why is it going to $10 a day now sure. going forward? There's a lot of people who say, I'm a taxpayer. I don't have kids. I likely will never have kids. Why am I paying for this? Why is my money being spent on this? We need to stop moaning. Is there off the top of your head a really good argument that you can say to people like that who have concerns about the amount of money the government is spending on this? Well, I mean... A, you do spend money, on, whether or not you like it or want to hear it, you're already spending money on schools, the school system. That right. is taxpayer money. So you're already spending if you don't have kids. Uh, there's a, a, a ridiculous amount of money that the government spends on just about anything. You also want to make sure that, that we do put money into our children, though. Whether it's your child or someone else's child, that's important because the more you help families, and this will help families, the more money can be put into the economy. So what you're saying is you really don't think that that'll affect you in any way, shape or form. You're good with it if we go into, uh, I don't know, recession or something like that and families have trouble feeding their their little ones. That doesn't affect you in any way, shape or form. I guarantee you it does. And if we want to make sure that we can have uh, those funds available to put through your economy, that's a good thing. No matter what you do for a living, the money that we have out there that goes to the economy will impact you in one way or another. Sure. Yeah. You might not have kids. But don't forget, the government also spends money on a lot of other... There's other fish to fry, man. You could complain about a million other things they do that are just definitely a waste of fucking money for all of us, let alone kids. We're talking about kids. We're talking about the future. If you want to get pissed off about that, then really, I, I, you got to ask yourself a lot of other questions. I, uh... Yeah, Dave, are, are you pretty well in alignment with that? Is this one of those things that just as part of a regular society, we all contribute, and one of the things that we need as a society is subsidized childcare? Yeah, I agree. I agree with everything Kat just said. Like, I think you really have to think about your your responsibility as a good neighbor, if you will, um, and the idea that you take care of each other. Um, and the and you, I guarantee you, for if you're complaining about the childcare thing, there's something the government does that benefits you in one way or the other. There's either a credit or something you get, or there's some other way through your business, whatever it is. This is designed to try to help everybody in some way, shape, or form. So if you're short-sighted on it, you can't see the benefit down the road, like Kat described with money going back into the economy. Well, then, hey, listen, uh, that's on you. And maybe the next thing that comes out is going to benefit you more in your face. I just think I just we have to think a little wider and a little broader scope sometimes. I, uh, You know what else I'm thinking about in all this? And it's a little off topic, but I think back to some of the fights we were having. I think back to before COVID when we had 
those parents who are themselves going broke trying to fund things like behavioral therapy for their children that are on the autism spectrum and and parents that need special supports for their kids with disabilities or special needs. And it was a fight. It was a constant fight. And it's been a fight for years. Sorry, we can only fund so much. We can only do so much. We've only got so much money to spend. And then lo and behold, COVID came around and we spent almost a trillion dollars. And now when we're ready and there's a provincial election three months away and a federal that could, in theory, happen at any time, boom, lo and behold, we just came up with $10.2 billion for childcare. And I'm thinking to myself, if we can come up with this money for programs like this, which is great, and all the money we spent on COVID and the related supports and things like that, how the fuck can there still be an argument against not fully funding people that need that behavioral therapy, that need those autism supports. Mm -hmm. And it just bugs me that we put those poor families through fucking torture for years saying we don't have the money, we can't do it. And then when we wanted to spend money on something else, no problem. $10.2 stroke a check, we're good. Didn't even think twice about it. Didn't even think twice about spending all these billions of dollars or all those hundreds of billions of dollars on COVID. So I really hope that while this is good and, and this is great progress, somebody in government can find a way to get the rest of those boxes that need to be checked, checked off. And we do need to provide better funding for people with disabilities, for families with kids on the autism spectrum and, and disabilities. And the list goes on and on and on. If the checks, checkbook is open and money's not an object, then let's keep the checkbook open and let's treat it like money's not an object. Let's not get stingy on causes that we do and don't like because there's a lot of people that still need supports in this province. So there's that. Uh, Dave, do you believe Stephen Del Duca when he says he will transition us to a four-day work week? I'd like to believe it. <laughs> I would very much like to believe it. Uh, that seems like it's going to be a lot harder than um, than it than it seems on the outset, though, doesn't it? It does, and and you know what? There's many many places that have tried it and had great success with it. There's yeah. private companies that have tried it and had great success with it. I don't know how you legislate it. That's going to be the difficult part. And right now, it's just a fantasy. And I don't even know if it'll ever come to be unless Doug Ford gets behind it. Because at this point, even liberals are saying they fucked up so bad on the weekend by doing that rally. Not one, not one mm. of the people on the stage was wearing a mask. This is Stephen Del Duca, who has not only shit on Doug Ford at every turn over his COVID response and lambasted him for lifting the mask mandate. So have all of his liberal candidates. Well, he got them all together in Toronto this weekend and the mask mandate is lifted. They have every right to make a decision to say, we're not going to wear a mask. We feel comfortable in this setting, shoulder to shoulder with a, an indoor space with 250 people in it. No problem. We're not going to wear a mask because we don't want to be seen in masks in pictures. Okay, guys, but you completely undermined your own argument. You were the ones who kept saying COVID's not over. Steve Del Duca was the one who wanted to not only mandate vaccines and keep that in place forever. You're not vaxxed unless you're, you've got your shots. He wanted to include the booster. You're not vaxxed unless you've had three shots and make it mandatory for just about anything that we do. And then he goes and holds a rally for all those people. Not one person in the photo was wearing a mask. And frankly, 
It's so hypocritical. For Did he think we wouldn't see it? Did he not? Did no one in the Liberal Party camp <laughs> look at that visual of Steve Del Duca there and all those people behind him completely unmasked and think, eh, this isn't really consistent with what we've been saying nonstop for the last two years. This doesn't really jive with what we've been trying to promote for the last two years. Now there's a lot of liberals that are saying, well, the election's over. We've lost over one event. Is it really that bad or is it going to be hard for them to rebound from having done that on the weekend, Dave? I think they're going to have to work to get that trust back or to explain what that was. It's the optics. How come they don't have anybody who thinks about this stuff ahead of time? How's it going to look if none of us are wearing masks? There's not one person who said that. And maybe there was. And it was just generally shot down as an overall like, yeah, well, listen, we're going to have to make a move at some point. Uh, And if that's the case, then so be it. But that goes against everything that has been advised for months and months and months and criticized for months and months Mm -hmm. and months. I don't blame them. They don't want to wear a mask. They don't have to wear a mask. I worked at uh, First Ontario Centre in Hamilton on Saturday. We had a Toronto Rock game and I now have the freedom and flexibility to choose whether or not I want to wear a mask. And I made a choice for me that I wasn't going to wear a mask. I do a lot of running around. I don't spend any time really with any one or two people in particular I'm constantly on the go and I thought this is safe for me I don't need to wear a mask I'm not sitting in the stands with 10,000 other people and and maybe I wouldn't have even if I was but I didn't wear a mask and that's fine it's my choice it was the choice of those liberals but I think what bothers me is every one of those people on that stage if you go to a political rally you're a political person if you get on stage you're connected Or you had the exact look that they wanted behind the leader. They all made a choice, but I'd be willing to bet as political people, every one of them uses every one of their platforms that they've got every single day to shit on the government for removing the mask mandate, for taking away the vax passports. And then when they themselves had the opportunity, completely unmasked at an indoor rally shoulder to shoulder, which should just tell you, everybody. A lot of the shit you read on social media, a lot of the opposition you see, it's all for show. They don't actually believe that. They privately agree with Doug Ford. They didn't wear a mask and they were happy to not wear a mask on the weekend. So and go both go both ways on that, too, because that that is absolutely the case. Right. It's optics. It's always about the optics. But there's plenty of times when, uh, you know, a liberal government does something and there's a lot of conservatives who do agree with it, but they can't say it either. But I don't understand why a good idea can't just be a good idea. Why do you you have to shit on something because it was not your party that thought of it? Because it's a team sport now. That's all it is. People are dismissing, like, look at how quickly they dismissed the liberal, uh, on her, uh, the provincial liberals. Look how quickly people were like, well, that's it. They're done. It's over. I can't vote for them. They're all a bunch of idiots. And then it was all tied to Kathleen Wynne. And let's, let's start making silly examples of how this is all connected. And I'm like, oh, for God's sake. Like, mm-hmm. if you, 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 can't, you can't talk to people who are not willing to listen. You can't. You're not going to get anywhere. I also don't believe these people that say, well, that's it. I can't vote for them now because they had a rally with no masks on. I think it's going to be a little different on June 3rd when you go in there to cast your ballot and you're deciding what's important to you. Is the four-day work week important to me or is the fact that they held a rally with no masks important to me? And people will make that decision. There's going to be some people who are hardcore on COVID who say, nope, I just can't forgive that. They didn't set an example. They didn't follow their own advice. They're obviously a bunch of hypocrites. I'm not going to support it. Some people are going to make that decision for the four day work week or for the $16 an hour minimum wage. It really is going to be a personal choice. This is just a great example of how you can't use social media as a bellwether for how things are going. 
You really can't. Because like I said, every one of those people on stage criticized Doug Ford. Every single fucking one of them. And then as soon as they got the opportunity to go mask off, they did. And they didn't think twice about it. So take it with a grain of salt when you see this shit all over social. Were you upset by this, cat? I thought it was great that people made a choice and they stuck to it. Yeah, I'm okay with people making a choice and sticking with it. I get mad at, I just, I get generally get, just get mad at people disagreeing with something just because it's coming from a platform that they don't like. I've always been that way though. Uh, And I've said before, like I'm, I I never even consider myself, you know, a liberal or a conservative or this or that. I just, I just go with what people say and what resonates with me. And some people don't, you know, some people just decide to get angry just for those reasons. I don't know. I don't know. I personally didn't give a shit. I don't care. Mm-hmm. I don't care what you do. And, and I didn't care this weekend either when I went out and did my my thing. If I wanted to wear a mask, I did. There were cases where I didn't. You roll the dice on get, catching gastro or some shit now. But hey, <laughs> I made that choice for me and my family, okay? We make that joke now. That's how my girlfriends and I talk. Like, hey, you guys want to meet up? We met up at uh, Fun Villa and then the Children's Museum the other day. Like, where you guys want to catch gastro this weekend? You want to go here? Cool. Let's do it. <laughs> And how you feeling? So far, so good. Oh, wow. What a <laughs> failed experiment. You didn't even catch it. So far, so good. Loser. But I mean, we'll see. We've got another like 24 hours before something might kick in. We'll find out. Are you saying Kat's such a loser that not even COVID wants to hang out with her? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Kat's such a loser. Will Smith wouldn't smack her. <laughs> I'm not bothering with that bitch. Kat, Kat can say whatever she wants. Will Smith will not react. <laughs> All right, listen, I really did want to talk about cell phones today because it was bothering me on the weekend, something that uh, that happened. My my data plan, I went over a little bit, and, you know, they can say they have unlimited, but unlimited is bullshit. They slow your phone down yeah. so much that it's not even usable. So I had to add on a little a la carte data, and typically I think I get uh, like 12 gigs in my plan, and I pay like 70 or 80 bucks a month for it and whatever. But to buy one gig to carry me through a day and a half to the end of my data plan, they wanted to charge me $40 for one gig of data. Yeah, doesn't surprise me. Get the fuck out of here. And and you know what? If they want to jack the price up for those a la carte ones, like, oh, you went over your data. You should have planned better. So now it's going to cost you. All right. As a business, I think I can almost kind of understand that. But it doesn't really add up to me when at the end of the month, I've used nine gigs and I still have three gigs left over that I paid for. They won't roll them over into the next month so that the next month I have 15 gigs. It bothers the shit out of me that they're allowed to jack us for that extra money when you need it. But when it comes time for them to give us what we actually paid for, sorry, nothing we can do. We'll talk about that in tomorrow's episode of After Nine. <laughs> no. Well, we're going to leave it on that. Well, everybody's all fucking angry at the yeah. cell phone companies. Yeah, and every, oh, I don't think, wonderful. Uh, by the way, and again, I know we're going to talk about it tomorrow, but how has it been this many years that we've had cell phones and they still can't figure out a plan that makes people happy? Mm-hmm. Like not one company has figured out how to make everybody happy. There's not a single Canadian cell phone user that will walk down the street saying, Look at this. I'm yeah. ripping these people off. What a steal we're getting no, here. No, no, never. I had a quick story on it. I had um, uh, I had to get my plan upgraded at one point. My my promos had run out and all that. So my bill was getting pretty expensive. And then I saw that they had a deal for new customers. So I called the company and I said, hey, I'd like to get this deal. Is this is this possible? And they said, no, it's only for new customers. And I said, so let me get this straight. I've been a customer with you for almost mm-hmm. 20 years. I can't have this, but you know, some rando down the street who's got a different company, you're going to give them this deal, but not me. And I said, where's the loyalty? 
Mm-hmm. And they said, well, there's nothing we can do about it. I said, I bet you there is. Let me talk to somebody else. <laughs> so yeah, they're always <laughs> someone else to talk to. Yeah. 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 I had to escalate it as as usual. And and eventually I ended up getting close to the deal. They gave me something else and they were like, the computer won't let us program the, the new plan into to your contract. And I'm like, listen, this is all horseshit. All of it. <laughs> you can do it. You know, you can do it. I'm asking you to do it simply because I've been a customer of yours and a very loyal customer. Almost 20 years. I've never switched my phone company. And this is the trouble you're going to give me when I want a deal that you're willing to give to anybody else mm-hmm. who just joins the company. In any other business model, that makes no sense, Dave. It's like we both walk into a, a s- sandwich shop and I go oh up to the God, counter, yeah. right? And I get a sub <laughs> submarine sandwich, please. With this exact amount of stuff on it, that'll be $3.09, cat. And then Dave walks in and orders the exact same submarine sandwich, but his is going to be $7. Like it makes no, it never happens anywhere else, but they get away with it. When you compare bills with other people, doesn't it infuriate you? I do that. Oh, yeah. I do that. Yeah. And, and, and you know what? I mean, cats, cats parties are amazing, by the way. You go over and everybody brings their cell phone bill and everyone sits around <laughs> the table just yelling at each it's other. It's riveting. It's the reason why no one wants to slap me or bother with me. It's yeah, right. What do you mean you pay for international texting? <laughs> Let's get to the bottom of this. Yeah. Well, and I mean, it. it is the worst when... You know, I've been with Bell Mobility as my provider. I've been with Bell Mobility since I was 16 years old mm. when I had a flip phone and a pager. Yeah. And, you know, they can look back and every time they have to go into my file, they, they'll say to me, oh, wow, you've been a customer for a long time. It pisses me off to no end that to get anything done, and I'm not trying to rip anybody off. I would just like the same promo, the same deal yes. that they're offering to some Joe Schmo off the street that had no loyalty to them. If I want that... I have to cancel. I have to say, cancel my plan and then wait on hold for 10 minutes while they get someone from the retention department to come in and give it to me. Why do we have to get to that fucking far where I'm ready to leave a company that I've dealt with for 30 years, almost 30 years, and spent at least a couple hundred bucks every month religiously? Why do I have to cancel to get a basic promotion? It doesn't make any sense. It's so frustrating. I love Kat's analogy of the sandwich shop. You go in and you know, remember you used to get the stickers when you'd order a sub and then like after 10, you get a free one. It's almost like you collect the stickers and when you have a full card, you hand it to them and they go, okay, that's double the price. Yeah, <laughs> you're paying more now. <laughs> now that you've collected all the stickers, you pay twice. That's, oh. that's uh, you know, it's a, it's a reward for you and your loyalty. I oh. appreciate it. Loyal customer. We better charge him more. What? Right. How does that make any sense? It's, it's a fucked exactly. up business model. And it and it's all of them, by the way. You're never like it's it's all of them. It's even the smaller guys. I know there's people like, well, it's not so bad over here. It doesn't matter. They all have their things, whether it's Rogers or Bell or Telus or any of the other or Virgin or what any of the other ones, they all have their things. And it seems to be that exact same model, which makes no sense. It makes no sense. I think it's funny though, some of them, like the the look you get. Like you can be having that conversation and I'll say, hey, I'm with Bell Mobility and Kat will say, oh, really cool. I'm with Telus. And then you'll get Dave be like, I'm with Freedom. And everybody goes, ooh, how's that? (laughs) Where do you lose phone calls at? Like give me a digit. Like one digit. How many kilometers? Say what you have to say to Dave before it drops. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, Dave's in the garage. You got to wait another six minutes before you can call him. (laughs) We'll, uh, We'll come back to this tomorrow, guys. Thank you for listening to this episode of After Nine. Have a fantastic Tuesday. Monday. It's Monday. Fuck. It's only Monday, isn't it? (laughs) Why did I think it was Tuesday? I don't know. See ya. Some business news. Uh, IHOP and Pepsi have teamed up to create the new maple syrup cola. Yeah.
Yeah, I'm trying to be healthy, so I'm going to wait till they come out with a diet maple syrup. <laughs> now that Maury Povich is retiring, someone else must take over as America's paternity tester, because nothing makes our day quite like hearing the five most beautiful words in the English language, you are not the father. <laughs> So my hat is off to him. And by the way, leaving your hat off is how you get in this mess in the first place. The director of The Batman just released a deleted scene showing Robert Pattinson facing off against the Joker. It's pretty shocking. Uh, I had no idea that you could release a three-hour movie and still have deleted scenes. But the scene is really something. I mean, we haven't seen a Batman face off against the Joker in months. The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine Podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.